听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎收听轻松调频美文阅读 ，More to Read。我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文、学英语。今天，让我们先来听印度著名诗人泰戈尔的代表作《飞鸟集》当中的部分诗句。接着来欣赏俄国诗人普希金的一首诗歌《The Cloud》，乌云。最后，让我们一起来读英国散文家理查德·斯提尔的一篇文章《The Spectator Club》，旁观者俱乐部。More to read. 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. 拉宾德拉纳特泰戈尔是印度著名的诗人、文学家、社会活动家和哲学家，以《吉檀迦利》成为第一位获得诺贝尔文学奖的亚洲人。而《飞鸟集》是泰戈尔的代表作之一。是一部富于哲理的英文格言诗集，共收录诗325首：白昼和黑夜，溪流和海洋，自由和背叛，都在泰戈尔的笔下合二为一。短小的语句道出了深刻的人生哲理，引领世人探寻真理和智慧的源泉。那么这些诗作呢？一部分是由诗人译自自己的孟加拉文格言诗集《碎玉集》。而另外一部分则是诗人于1916年造访日本时的即兴英文诗作。诗人在日本拘留三月有余，不断有淑女求其题写扇面或纪念册，因此呢，我们也就不难理解为什么在《飞鸟集》当中这些诗歌大多只有一两行。诗人曾经盛赞日本俳句的简洁，他的《飞鸟集》显然也受到了这种诗体的影响。因此，深刻的智慧和简短的篇幅成为其鲜明特色。下面呢，就让我们一起来欣赏一下选自《飞鸟集》当中的部分诗句。If you shed tears when you miss the sun, you also miss the stars. 如果你因失去了太阳而流泪，那么，你也将失去群星了。Sorrow is hushed into peace in my heart, like the evening among the silent trees. 忧思在我的心里平静下去，正如暮色降临在寂静的山林中。Man is a born child. His power is the power of growth. 人是一个出生的孩子，他的力量就是生长的力量。Like the meeting of the seagulls and the waves, we meet and come near. The seagulls fly off, the wave roll away, and we depart. 我们如海鸥之与波涛相遇似的，遇见了，走近了。海鸥飞去，波涛滚滚的流开，我们也分别了。
Let life be beautiful like summer flowers, and death like autumn leaves. 使生如夏花之绚烂，死如秋叶之静美。The dust receives insult, and in return, offers her flowers. 尘土受到损辱，却以它的花朵来报答。More to read. 闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉。The Cloud, Alexander Pushkin. Oh, last cloud of the scattered storm, alone thou sailest along the azure clear, alone thou bringest the shadow somber. Alone, thou marest the joyful day. Thou, but recently, hadst encircled the sky, when sternly the lightning was winding about thee. Thou gavest forth mysterious thunder, with rain hast watered the parched earth. Enough. High thyself, thy time hath passed. Earth is refreshed, the storm hath fled, and the breeze, fondling the trees' leaves, forth thee chases from the quieted heavens. Poshikin. 你时而发出隐秘的霹雳，把雨水浇灌贪婪的土地。够了，躲开吧，你早该敛迹。大地清新，风雨已沉寂。清风温柔地抚弄着树叶，将把你逐出这平静的世界。我们刚才读到的这首诗歌《The Cloud》，乌云，出自俄国著名诗人普希金，英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，中文版本由南海之声的主持人周薇为您朗诵，由张草任翻译。亚历山大·普希金出生于1799年 ，1837 年去世，俄国诗人、剧作家、小说家、文学批评家和理论家。
历史学家、政论家，他是俄国浪漫主义的杰出代表，俄国现实主义文学的奠基人，是19世纪前期文学领域中最具声望的人物之一，被尊称为俄国诗歌的太阳，俄国文学之父，现代标准俄语的创始人。我们今天读到的这首《乌云》，作于1835年。是普希金晚期创作中的写景名篇。俄国文学评论家别林斯基称赞这首诗是普希金观察自然的典型的例子，是诗的彩色画。全诗采用往复回环的结构形式，从眼前残留的乌云着笔，然后荡开笔墨，描写暴风雨到来之前的乌云，最后又将笔墨收拢，回到眼前的乌云上来。诗人对乌云的描写，既在时间与空间构成的坐标上确定乌云的位置，又在数量上加以说明，并运用一系列动词在动态中加以刻画，从而使乌云的形象及其相关联的风雨雷电、天空大地、云影树梢以其全部的丰富性，动人的立体的显现了出来。此外，诗人还寓情于景。从对自然现象的刻画中，表现了他对美好事物的追求与向往。诗中不仅有多处直接的抒情与议论，而且诗人干脆让自己进入诗中，与乌云对话，以你代指乌云。读罢全诗，我们的眼前就不仅出现了一幅声音、光亮、色彩、线条一应俱全的诗的彩色画，而且还映现出一位站在微风中。面对自然景色，正神思飞跃的动人的诗人形象。The《The Cloud》，Alexander Pushkin。Oh, last cloud of the scattered storm, alone thou sailest along the azure clear, alone. Thou bringest the shadow somber, alone. Thou marrest the joyful day. Thou but recently hadst encircled the sky, when sternly the lightning was winding about thee. Thou gavest forth mysterious thunder, with rain hast watered the parched earth. Enough. High thyself. Thy time hath passed. Earth is refreshed. The storm hath fled, and the breeze, fondling the trees' leaves, forth thee chases from the quieted heavens. Beauty of words. 理查德·斯蒂尔，英国著名作家，他是与约瑟夫·爱迪生齐名的散文家。他们幼年一同在卡特公学就读，后来又同时进入牛津大学。但斯蒂尔中途辍学，自愿担任军职。一七零零年左右，斯蒂尔开始了笔墨生涯。先是写了一篇宗教论文，接着又写了几个喜剧，但真正使他在文学界取得地位的是他的小品文。1708年，斯提尔创办了著名的
《闲话报》The Tutor， 后来他又与约瑟夫·爱迪生合办杂志《旁观者》The Spectator。那么在今天的节目中呢，我们就一起来读一篇由理查德·斯蒂尔所写的文章《The Spectator Club》，旁观者俱乐部。由于时间关系，我们今天先来读这篇文章的上半部分，中文版本由刘炳善翻译。The Spectator Club, by Richard Steele. 旁观者俱乐部，理查德斯提尔。The first of our society is a gentleman of Worcestershire, of ancient descent, a baronet. His name, Sir Roger de Coverley. His great grandfather was inventor of that famous country dance, which is called after him. All who know that shire are very well acquainted with the parts and merits of Sir Roger. He is a gentleman that is very singular in his behaviour, but his singularities proceed from his good sense, and are contradictions to the manners of the world. Only as he thinks the world is in the wrong. 在我们俱乐部里，头一个要介绍的是伍斯特郡的一位绅士，他出身望族。封号从男爵，名叫罗杰·德·考弗莱爵士。他的曾祖父是一种著名土风舞的发明者，这组队伍就是拿他的名字做名称的。凡是熟悉那一带地方的人都十分了解罗杰爵士的才干和剑术。这位绅士立身行事的态度跟别人大不相同，不过他之所以与众不同。只是因为他那真知灼见跟世俗格格不入，而在他看来，错在世俗方面。However, this humor creates him no enemies, for he does nothing with sourness of obstinacy, and his being unconfined to modes and forms makes him but the readier and more capable to please and oblige all who know him. When he is in town, he lives in Soho Square. It is said he keeps himself a bachelor by reason he was crossed in love by a perverse, beautiful widow of the next county to him. Before this disappointment, Sir Roger was what you call a fine gentleman, had often supped with my Lord Rochester and Sir George Etheridge, fought a duel upon his first coming to town, and kicked Bully Dawson in a public coffee house for calling him youngster. 尽管如此。他这种脾气并没有给他招惹出怨敌来，因为他做事并不尖酸刻薄，也不刚愎自用，所以他那不拘繁文缛节的性格倒让熟人觉得痛快，对他感到高兴。他每次进京都住在苏豪广场，过着独身生活。据说这是因为他曾经追求过林俊的一个长相漂亮、脾气乖张的寡妇，结果失败的缘故。在这次挫折之前。罗杰爵士却是一个所谓风流倜傥之士，常常跟罗切斯特爵爷、乔治·埃斯里奇爵士共进晚餐。他第一次到京城来就跟人决斗过，还在一个热闹的咖啡馆里把青皮陶三一脚踢翻，因为那个家伙竟敢叫他小子。But being ill used by the above-mentioned widow, he was very serious for a year and a half. And though his temper being naturally jovial, he at last got over it. 
he grew careless of himself and never dressed afterward. He continues to wear a coat and doublet of the same cut that were in fashion at the time of his repulse, which, in his merry humours, he tells us has been in and out twelve times since he first wore it. Tis said Sir Roger grew humble in his desires after he had forgot this cruel beauty, insomuch that it is reported he has frequently offended in point of chastity with beggars and gipsies. But this is looked upon by his friends rather as matter of raillery than truth. 然而，在受到上面说的那个寡妇的折磨之后，有一年半的时间，他的脸上失去了笑影。尽管他天性爱说爱笑，后来也恢复了常态，但是从此他就不修边幅，邋遢起来，身上一直穿着他恋爱失败时风行的那种外套和紧身上衣。他心情高兴的时候，还对我们说：“这种衣服自打他穿在身上，时兴了又不时兴，已经变了十二回了。”据说罗杰爵士把那个冷心肠的美人一抛到脑后。私生活上有些饥不择食，道路传闻甚至说他和乞丐吉普赛人搞在一道，疏于令民有伤。但据他的知交们看来，这多半出于嘲弄，并非事实。He is now in his fifty-sixth year, cheerful, gay, and hearty. Keeps a good house both in town and country. A good lover of mankind. But there is such a mirthful cast in his behaviour that he is rather beloved than esteemed. His tenants grow rich, his servants look satisfied, all the young women profess love to him, and the young men are glad of his company. When he comes into a house, he calls the servants by their names and talks all the way upstairs to a visit. I must not omit that Sir Roger is a justice of the quorum. That he fills the chair at a quarter session with great abilities, and three months ago gained universal applause by explaining a passage in the Game Act. He is now fifty-six years old, happy, unreserved, 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 他的佃客家家富裕，他的仆人个个满意，年轻妇女纷纷向他表示爱慕，青年男子高高兴兴和他来往。他每到别人家里做客，脚刚一进门就喊着仆人的名字，边走边谈，说说笑笑上楼。我还得补充一句，罗杰爵士是郡里一位特邀治安法官，每季开庭，他坐在席上问事，表现出干练才能。三个月前，他对于田猎法令的一项条款进行阐述，赢得法庭上一致喝彩。The gentleman next in esteem and authority among us is another bachelor who is a member of the Inner Temple, a man of great probity, wit, and understanding. But he has chosen his place of residence rather to obey the direction of an old humorsome father than in pursuit of his own inclinations. He was placed there to study the laws of the land, and is the most learned of any of the house in those of the stage. 在我们当中次有威望的是法律工会的一位见习员，也是一个单身汉。他是个性格正直的人，很有聪明才智。
。不过，他选择了这么一个栖身之地，与其说是出自个人爱好，不如说是为了服从脾气古怪的老父亲的命令。他被送到那里去，本来是让他研究土地法，但他却成了一位巨坛内行，在这方面和他同学的人谁也比不上他。Aristotle and Longinus are much better understood by him than Littleton or Coke. The father sends up every post questions relating to marriage articles, leases, and tenures in the neighborhood. All which questions he agrees with an attorney to answer and take care of in the lump. He is studying the passions themselves when he should be inquiring into the debates among men which arise from them. He knows the argument of each of the orations of Demosthenes and Tully, but not one case in the reports of our own courts. 他对于亚里士多德和朗基努斯比对于利特尔顿和科克要熟悉得多。每趟油车进城，都送来他父亲转给他的左邻右舍有关婚姻条款、租赁契约、田地租佃的问题。这些问题。他统统交给一个律师包干答复处理，自己概不过问。他本应探讨由于人类七情六欲而产生出来的种种争执，但他却对这七情六欲本身尽自钻研不休。迪摩西尼和西塞罗的每篇演说词的内容，他无不通晓，但是我国法庭记录的案情，他却毫无所知。No one ever took him for a fool. But none, except his intimate friends, know he has a great deal of wit. This turn makes him at once both disinterested and agreeable. As few of his thoughts are drawn from business, they are most of them fit for conversation. His taste of books is a little too just for the age he lives in. He has read all, but approves of very few. His familiarity with the customs, manners. Actions and writings of the ancients makes him a very delicate observer of what occurs to him in the present world. 当然，别人还不至于把他当成傻瓜，但是除了他那些知心好友，谁也不知道他原来是一个具有大才大智的人。他不为名利所牵，性情自然随和，种种想头多与正事无关，倒很适于娓娓轻谈。他于书无所不读，而赞许者甚少。对于我们这个时代来说，他那欣赏趣味未免有点曲高和寡。正因为他熟知古代的风俗、习惯、行为、著作，观察起当今社会上发生的事情来，也就能明察秋毫。He is an excellent critic, and the time of the play is his hour of business. Exactly at five. He passes through New Inn, crosses through Russell Court, and takes a turn at Will's till the play begins. He has his shoes rubbed and his periwig powdered at the barber's as you go into the Rose. It is for the good of the audience when he is at a play, for the actors have an ambition to please him. He is a very eminent critic, writing books as business. At 5:00, 然后在开戏之前，他到威尔咖啡店稍事停留，趁别人去玫瑰酒店的功夫，让人给他把鞋子刷刷，到理发店给假发上上粉。戏院里有他在座，对观众有好处
，因为演员为了讨他的好，特别卖力气。The person of next consideration is Sir Andrew Freeport, a merchant of great eminence in the city of London, a person of indefatigable industry, strong reason, and great experience. His notions of trade are noble and generous. And as every rich man has usually some sly way of jesting, which would make no great figure were he not a rich man, he calls the sea the British Common. He is acquainted with commerce in all its parts, and will tell you that it is a stupid and barbarous way to extend dominion by arms, for true power is to be got by arts and industry. 下一个要说的重要人物是伦敦市有名的富商。安德鲁·弗里波特爵士，这是一位具有坚强理智、丰富经验而又孜孜不倦的事业家。他对于贸易颇有一些恢宏大度的看法，而且有钱人都爱说句俏皮话。他们若不是富翁，别人恐怕也就看不出那俏皮话到底有何出色之处。他把海洋叫做英国的公共领地，有关商业的种种事物他都精通，常常说。武力不过是主权扩张的一种愚蠢而野蛮的方式，真正的权力是靠着工业技术而赢得的。He will often argue that if this part of our trade were well cultivated, we should gain from one nation, and if another, from another. I have heard him prove that diligence makes more lasting acquisitions than valor, and that sloth had ruined more nations than the sword. He abounds in several frugal maxims, among which the greatest favorite is, "A penny saved is a penny got." 他常发议论说，只要我国在某一方面的贸易充分发展起来，就会从甲国那里赚钱；在另一方面发展，又会从乙国获利。他亲口对我说，作战勇敢不如勤奋获利最长远。又说，懒惰足以亡国。其害甚于刀剑。他肚子里装了许许多多关于节俭的格言，最爱说的一句是：“一遍是不花，等于一遍是正下。” A general trader of good sense is pleasanter company than a general scholar, and Sir Andrew, having a natural unaffected eloquence, the perspicuity of his discourse gives the same pleasure that wit would in another man. He has made his fortunes himself, and says that England may be richer than other kingdoms by as plain methods as he himself is richer than other men. Though at the same time I can say this of him, that there is not a point in the compass but blows home a ship in which he is an owner. 跟一个普通的聪明商人打交道，比跟一个普通学者打交道要愉快得多。别人说话机智俏皮，叫人高兴。安德鲁爵士说话直来直去，发表什么意见明明白白，同样叫人觉得愉快。他的家私是靠自己挣来的。他说，英国只要采用他自己那一套简简单单的致富办法，便可以比其他国家富裕。关于安德鲁爵士，我不妨再说一句：不管罗盘针指着哪一个方向，都会有属于他的船只给英国运来财富。
感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目，您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。